This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. How many saw what uh, Pastor Dave put on Facebook today about what we're going to start teaching on on Wednesday nights? All right, the gifts of the Spirit. I praise God that He turned me loose to go with this. It's something that, uh, that our church is really poised for, ready for, for God to use us in a larger way, a greater way. How many have been coming to the Sunday night worship service we get to do? Amen. Amen. At the start of the year, well, of course, the Lord has to start off our theme verse and from First Corinthians, or Hebrews 10.35 about not neglecting our church meetings as some people do. But exhorting one another, warning one another, so much the more as the day approaches. How many, uh, even if you didn't have knowledge of the Bible, know that this is not the same world we used to live in? I mean, even you young guys, uh, some of us started way back in the 40s, some of us in the 50s, and been around for a long time, but I can guarantee you that now, uh, sinners used to live better than a lot of church people do now. Amen. The world has changed. But Jesus warned, warned us about that. And he told us that as the world gets darker, the church is going to get brighter. Isaiah prophesied that. Jesus told us that. Let our light shine before men. Let us hear our good works glorify our Father in heaven. Paul and Philippians told us that we're supposed to go forth into a dark world, holding forth the word of life to show people what to do. And uh, anyway... At the start of the year, besides that verse the Lord gave us, He put it on my heart and met with the staff, the people, about worship services that we're going to shift the gear there to be able to come up higher in that area there for more of the presence of God. Amen. How many know there could be more of God than what we've got? More of His presence. He changes not, but He told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we are supposed to be changing from one level of glory to another. And uh, when you read the Old Testament, the glory of God was the manifested presence of God. So if we're changing from glory to glory, that means more of His presence is going to be shining through us. And the more that we as individuals allow God to shine through us and work through us and then come together corporately as a congregation, then it makes sense there could be more of God in here because we bring more of His presence in. Amen? And so as we're, as we're heading that direction... We've had two of those worship services so far. We're going to set a date for another one tomorrow night. Staff will look at it, get things set up for the next worship service for July. But the ones that were both services, did you notice an increase Sunday night from last time? Yeah, two other churches, two other people, pastors from two other churches came Sunday night, and some of their members and things like that. And uh, but that's that's not our goal. I mean, that's nice. We want to bless people, but our goal is for this church. To have more of the presence of God in it. It's the end of the church age. The devil's turned his stupid power up, but God is so many light years ahead of the devil in power. And the only, the only thing that holds back God's power is resistors. You know what resistors are? That's Christians that resist the Holy Ghost and don't walk with Him. And so as we learn more and more how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, not just have a head knowledge of the Word of God, and memorize some verses, but to be able to actually walk with Him where we know Him, and He's able to use us more and more, then the more results we're going to see. 
And my cries to him for the last, really the last few years has been, I'm tired of the addicts coming in and not getting delivered. We pray the good prayer for them. We get a blessing on them. And we see some change in their lives for sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks. The next thing we know, they're back where they were. I want to see some results in people's lives where they actually get the power of God dust up in their life like it did in my life when I was a sinner turned into a Christian. That I, I stayed saved. I stayed delivered. I stayed on fire. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons for that, God started me off at a Pentecostal church. I was at a Pentecostal church, believe it or not, in the ghetto, right next to the projects where white guys shouldn't be on the south side of Indianapolis. But God was there and he sent me there. And so we had uh, ghetto black people. We had ghetto white people and just a bunch of us mixed together. But there's one thing in common. We came there hungry for God. Those people do the Holy Ghost. And I met the Holy Ghost of that church. I saw how the Holy Ghost moves. I learned to flow with him. And then after a taste of that for about, I think I was there about eight or nine months, then the Lord hooked me up with the Word of Faith church like this. But he first of all let me get a good sample of a Holy Ghost church. And so then he got me grounded in the Word that my church back in Indianapolis was a Holy Ghost Word church. We had regular manifestations. We had regular movings of the Holy Ghost to our church Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'd have Baptist people visit our church on Sunday morning, get slain of the Spirit, jump up off the floor, not jump up off the floor, took them a while, but get them up off the floor, didn't know what hit them, so we taught them then about what was going on. They went back to the Baptist church with what God gave them. I had an Indianapolis Colts football player come to my church during Holy Ghost meetings. I got blessed right into his socks. That's the biggest guy I ever saw in my life. Uh, you think you think some of these guys at our church are big. You think Robert's big. He's almost a midget compared to this Colts player. <laughs> almost. But what I, what, what I remember, though, what I remember, this guy was in my altar line. And I walked up to this guy. And he was on his knees, had his hands raised up. I looked at his hands. <laughs> he was on his knees. And his hands were up as high, as high as I was. And he was about that wide. Took up about three spots. But that that's not the part. The part that got me, though, he was there seeking God, and I saw tears falling, almost like a swimming pool around him. This great big macho man, big Colts player, crying because of the presence of God. I saw, I saw, I saw young people that weren't actors. You know, some people know how to fake it because they see people shake or they see people fall, see people do things. But you see young people that aren't putting on fall out and lay on the floor crying and then turn into laughing and then crying, and then laughing because God's talking to them, God's blessed them, God's changing them. That's the Holy Ghost. And for our church, that's the direction we're heading. And so we're starting a series, and uh, I want to say this, the Holy Ghost is starting a series. I've really wanted to go this direction for the 14 years I've been in California. And so the Lord really dropped it in my heart that our church is poised now, but i got to teach you. i got to teach you about things and reason being, we don't want you flaky. You know, how many, how many know this, that going down, going down a road, there's two sides of a road. There's a ditch on this side and there's a ditch on this side. And you don't want to be in either ditch. Well, things of the Spirit, there's one ditch where a lot of people, denominational churches, others say, those aren't for the day. Well, that's wrong. But on the other side of the ditch, 
There's people want to prophesy to you who you're going to marry, that you're going to die, all kinds of bad things. They want to prophesy to you all the time, tell you how to live your life. That's a ditch. People try to run your life and tell you, hey, the Holy Ghost saith. That's a ditch. But there's a middle of the road. And when we study the book of Acts, you know, the uh, title that man put on it is Acts of the Apostles. But actually, when you study the book of Acts, it's the Acts of a lot of believers. Apostles were used, but a lot of other believers were used too. And the thing they all had in common, they loved Jesus, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues. And then God used them. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at those, some things getting started, and I'm, I really, uh, I wrote down some things the Lord said to me today. The main thing was, is I'm not going to be in a hurry at all, because this is not a, this is not, this is not a teaching just to bless people on Wednesday night. This is not something just to fill up space and say, well, we got another good lesson on Wednesday night. We're talking about a move. We're talking about a move of this church. God wants this church to move to a much higher level than where we are, but we get there a little bit of time. Have you ever heard the uh, thing about how slow you turn an ocean liner? They don't just turn on a dime. When you look, when you look down from the satellite at, at a cruise ship, it's a long ways. You see that thing turning for a long ways. If you're in an airplane, you know, if you're ever in an airplane and they got the little screen on the seat in front of you, you watch that thing. They begin to descend or ascend, whatever they do, or make a change of route. It's not all of a sudden like a car or a motorcycle. It's a, they plan out and they move. And so God's moving this church. And to move this church to keep us on course, it's going to be a time of teaching, a kind of learning, time of learning, and I'm very sure a time of demonstration. Because when the Holy Ghost has you teach on something, He wants you to demonstrate as He leads. How many know that if you're a church that really wants to get a bunch of people saved, what do you do? You preach on salvation. You preach Jesus died for your sins. And if you receive Jesus, you get saved. And what happens when you preach that to people that he's saved? They get saved. Because they heard what to do according to the Word of God. If you got a bunch of people need healed, and you want to get people healed, the best way to do that is begin to teach on healing from the Bible. As, as faith comes into their hearts on how to receive healing from God, then people begin to get healed. Well, if you want people to begin to walk closer with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost begin to use people, what do you do? You teach on the Holy Ghost. And as people sit and listen, and the Holy Ghost begins to talk to their hearts from the Word of God, everything's from the Word of God. We don't just talk and exhort and say things like that. I tell you what, I'm a very, 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 very serious Bible teacher. I don't want to ever tell anybody, this is what the Bible says. I want you to open your Bible and see what the Bible says. Because I want to keep you in the middle of the road I want you to be stable. I want you to be solid. I don't want you to be deceived by me or by anybody else. But when the Bible says it, Isaiah 55, Mark 16 says, God confirms his word with signs following. And so if you've got a preacher that's preaching and teaching the word of God, God has something to confirm. But if you've got a preacher or a teacher that's giving you good ideas of things they heard somebody say, but they don't know it's in the Bible or not, how can God confirm that it's not in the Bible? You know who can? The devil can show up. Familiar spirits. Wrong things begin to happen. And that, that's why you see so many flaky, quote, Pentecostal Christians. Because they're doing things and think they have to make something happen 
But when you learn to flow with the Holy Ghost, you don't have to make anything happen. All you have to do is walk with Him, be grounded in the Word of God so you can check yourself, test yourself, test the spirits to see, is this alive with the Word of God? And so that's what we want to do. But I want to show you a book out of the bookstore. I've still got a lot of my books i got to unpack yet. I was wanting to find this since the Lord has been going this direction. But it's called The Holy Spirit at His Gifts. The Holy Spirit at His Gifts. I saw two of them back there. we got a couple of these. And I learned so much out of this study guide over the years and years and years and years. We have a lot of good Brother Hagen, uh, Holy Spirit and His Gifts type books back there. A lot of different titles. But the thing is, we're going to be teaching on this for Wednesday, on Wednesday night for a while. So if you want to have something to enhance your teaching, to add to what you're hearing, study yourself, then avail yourself in the bookstore. Have this one, one more back there if you happen to want this one. And then have lots of other kind of gifts of the Spirit books on prophecy and a lot of things. But anyway, do what I did when I was a young Christian. I bought these books. I studied these books. I learned these books. And then something else... I didn't turn you. Turn to First Corinthians fourteen one. We're going to start off there in just a minute. But uh, in my life, I got I got born again, January twenty ninth, nineteen eighty, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost on February the fourth, nineteen eighty, become a tongue talking Christian, and so after that, I began to sit under great men of God like Brother Hagen. I uh, was around Brother Hagin a lot at his meetings. I mean, I didn't personally know him. He didn't know my name. But I was around a lot of his services in Indiana and the Midwest and around the country. I was out at Rainbow Bible Training Center a lot, not as a student, but as a guest minister, getting to go up there and sit under him and watch him operate and watch him flow up the gifts. And, you know, some of you know who Dr. Lester Summerall was. Some of you may not know who he was. But I was around Dr. Lester Summerall a lot. I was an associate pastor at his TV station for a while. And I was under Dr. Summerall a lot. He was one of the most, uh, well, as Brother Hagen, a lot of people said Dr. Summerall is one of the most uh, proficient, knowledgeable ministers of the gospel and the gifts of the Spirit that's ever lived. And so I got to go to his church a lot, got to be in his meetings a lot. I got to watch him flow and watch him operate. And a lot of other great men and women of faith as a young Christian and then as a seasoned minister, I got to be under these guys that watched him. And the thing was, not only did I watch them, but I always brought it back to my church, and God's used me a lot. And so I'm not just teaching you some book learning out of a Brother Hagin book, but I teach you things the Word of God that had to be recorded in these books with some good understanding in them, plus lots, lots of years of experience. And so as we read 1 Corinthians 14.1, and, you know, I just want to say this for the... Uh, mature Christians in here that already know a lot of this subject here. There's a lot of verses here I'm going to skip right over because this isn't a one-night thing we're going to teach for 20 minutes and we're done. I have a lot of different levels of Christians in here tonight. And over the course of the next few weeks, there'll be more people come in here that are hungry, that's been drawn, that'll come in, that are starting at point zero, know nothing. And so God wants us to lay a good foundation a good foundation, and he wants us to shore up the foundation that I have, that you have, that some of us others have. He wants us to know from the Word of God because he wants to use us. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have known it. I'm going to give you a secret. This church is going to double this year. After this church to double this year, that means we've got believers in here that have to come up. 
we got believers that have to come up in their moral life how they live, in their serious devotional life, in their serious devotional life, how much they study the Bible at home, in their tithing life, so they walk with God the financial arena. You know, tithe the thing, that's one to me, that, that to me that's one of the simplest tests God can give you. If he can if he knows that you trust him and he can trust you with money, then he can trust you with greater things. Amen. And so there's different areas you need to come up in your lives, but at the same time, as you come up and we bring in more glory into the church, God's going to send in more hurting, needy people. And that's because it takes more than one preacher or two preachers or two or three or four associates and a bunch of good leaders to meet the needs of the people. It takes the Holy Ghost through the body to meet the needs of the people, not a flow. So First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 he says, follow after charity or love. And what does he say the next? And desire what? Spiritual gifts. But rather or especially that you may prophesy. And so he said, number one, if you're a spiritual believer, you're supposed to desire spiritual gifts. Now I want to ask you a question. And this, this is not a set up question. I don't have any, I don't have any hidden, hidden motives. If you raise your hand, don't raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you and point you out. This is just for me to know where our church stands. How many here have been filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues? Okay, that's the majority. Good, 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 good. I'm really glad to know that. And so, based upon that verse right here, because the Word of God is a living thing. How many know the Word of God's alive? Well, when the Word of God says, number one, walk in love. That's what he says, walk in love. And then what does he say? What's the next part? Desire what? How many here have a desire for spiritual gifts? You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You have that desire. It's from God. The Holy Ghost is the one that inspired the men to write the Bible. The Holy Ghost is the one that gives you ability to speak with tongues. And then the Holy Ghost says... Number one, you're supposed to walk in love. And then said, number two, you're supposed to desire to be used by Him in spiritual gifts. He didn't say preachers only be desired to be used in spiritual gifts. He said, you believers, you're supposed to desire that. And so, I'm very sure that every spirit-filled believer in here has that desire to be used in spiritual gifts because you have the Holy Ghost in you. And because of that, God wants us to teach all the spiritual gifts to help you be, begin to walk in more of what God has. And you know, as you stop, I was thinking about something a while ago. I remember years ago when the Lord had me teach on this. As we look at the book of 1 Corinthians, stop to think about this. If you have knowledge of the Word of God, and I hope you do by now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you know, we call that the communion chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We use it at least once a month in our communion service. Plus, we teach out of sometimes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, there's two things that God does. He tells us, number one, remember the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you. Number two, he says, remember the blood that was shed for you. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 begins to get you cleaned up. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it helps you stay clean. And then you get to chapter 12, which is where we're going to be at in a few minutes. In chapter 12, then, he begins to teach about spiritual gifts. You got cleaned up. Now teach about spiritual gifts. And then you get to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
He teaches about fivefold ministry gifts. That's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So he gets you cleaned up, and then begins to teach you how to flow with the Holy Ghost. And then you get to chapter 14. We just looked at one verse here. And then he begins to talk about desire spiritual gifts because he just taught them in chapter 12. But then he tells you, then especially you ought to be prophesying. And I want to tell you something. All of us spirit-filled people, even non-spirit-filled people, you flow in prophecy probably every day and you don't even know it. And we're going to teach you why, we're going to teach you how, and what's really going on there. And so then, after, after chapter 12, in between 12 and 14, how many know what 1 Corinthians 13 is called? The love chapter. Chapter 11, he shows you how to stay clean through communion and honoring the body and the blood of Jesus. Chapter 12, then he says, you're cleaned up. Now I want to tell you about spiritual gifts. And then he says, after that, he says, you don't get a big head. First Corinthians 13, walk in love. And then he says, because you know how to walk in love, then he gets to 14, says, now desire these spiritual gifts. You've been taught on desire. The just a progression goes on there in the book of First Corinthians really shows us some things. But, uh, as we see this, as we're, as we're desiring, I really, when the Lord put this in my heart this morning, and I saw him about it, just seeking which way to go, what to do, I thought, man, how can I start this thing? There's so much I can say. And something else that uh, we have to know about Bible teachers, there's a grace that goes with teaching the Bible. And when God gives you a season to do something, you have a grace for it that season. So there's so much on the inside of me that all of a sudden this morning in just a, in a millisecond, the Lord opened up that whole series of my spirit this morning. I see so much so far ahead what he wants to do. I just had to see where to start. And so we're going to start real simple, but we're going to take our time and what we do to make sure we get it. So just make sure you keep on coming. Bring your pen, bring your notebook, and bring, and bring your Bible for sure. And so, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now is where we'll start at. Then we're going to look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. He says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He says, I'd not have you ignorant. Well, ignorant means lack of knowledge you don't know. And so he tells he doesn't want his ignorance. Boy, I tell you, I can hear Dr. Lister Summerall's voice. He's been dead now since, wow, 1997. He's been dead a long time. I heard him teach this so many times. Matter of fact, he's one of my Bible school teachers too. And I've, I've heard him teach this so many times. And he would say, God doesn't want you ignorant about spiritual gifts. The very thing that you're ignorant of, he doesn't want you ignorant of. And that's why he has Bible teachers teach you about spiritual gifts. You know, if God were going to teach on spiritual gifts, what's the main book would he use? The Bible. The Bible. God was around for Brother Hagin or Dr. Summerall or Kenneth Copeland or Joyce Myers. God was here first. And anything good they have to teach you, they got from him in the Bible. And so when God said, I don't want you ignorant on spiritual gifts, as the, as the head of this church, as the pastor of this church, if God's taken our church to a direction where he wants to use this church much more in spiritual gifts than he ever has, that I know I'm accountable God to teach you the Bible. So you won't be ignorant of it and make a mess out of it. 
and then run people off if they come in because you're flaky. And, you know, I, I can say this. After doing this for 39 and a half years, I've seen enough flaky flake, and most of you probably have too, that 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 uh, flakiness probably does more damage than churches don't believe in it. Because there's nothing any worse than to be a timid sinner coming to a church and have two or three flaky Christians jump on you and start, quote, prophesying to you about how you're supposed to live your life and you don't know anything except you just got a desire, you want to go to church, so you saw this church, and I guess you walked in the door, what you do, two or three flakes hit you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Or on your jobs. You know, sometimes, sometimes I run into some people's fellow employees they work with or their bosses and things on their jobs, and they tell me, you've got a really good church member, and I know she is, or I know he's a really good person, you got to tell them that I'm doing all I can to keep their job for them. They don't start working for me pretty soon. Quit preaching to everybody, prophesying to them. We're going to let them go. Amen. And so we need to know from the Word of God how to live and how to let God use us. Amen. And so we don't want to hurt people. We want to help people. And so he says, right here, he wants us to desire spiritual gifts, then he says not to be ignorant of those spiritual gifts. And so I'm going to look today, just lay a little short, quick foundation to give you some definitions. I'm going to jump over to verse 7 and read verse 7 to 11. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or to profit for all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given and so God manifests His Spirit through believers to profit whoever it is that they're ministering to. His Spirit of profit. Now, you know, I think about what I heard a man say one time. How many know that Paul was a Jew? I mean, that's just a Bible fact. He was a Jew, and he was a Jew's Jew. I mean, he was really way up there Jew. And anybody knows anything about Jews know that Jews know the difference between profit and loss. And so... What I heard this preacher say, and I know it's probably kind of tongue-in-cheek type thing, but he said, if a Jew says something's going to profit you, a Jew knows what profit is. And so for Paul, being a Jew, if he says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to us to profit, well, profit means you're going to be better, not worse. I think, look over Chuck over there, about the business, man. He knows the difference between profit and loss. Profit's better. (laughs) Amen. And so what we're talking about, the gifts of the Spirit here, God says, when the gifts of the Spirit manifest, whoever it is that's getting ministered to, they're going to be better off, not worse. And so that tells me this, that if somebody thinks they're walking in some gifts of the Spirit and they hurt somebody, they didn't profit them. Amen. And you know, sometimes, oh, no bunny trails, but you got to get to the point. Sometimes God will show you something really dangerous about somebody's life. That they don't get off that road, uh, somebody's going to die, somebody's going to get hurt, tragedy's coming. Well, as you become mature, you will know in your heart, 
Either this is just something I pray about between me and God try to get this thing turned and averted so this doesn't happen, or I need to warn them. And so the thing is, when he can trust you, he'll know you're not going to warn him unless you know he wants you to warn him. You just automatically know you keep your mouth shut between you and God. You're a prayer. Because if they don't receive what you have, it didn't profit them. Amen. And you know something that uh, ah, nobody trails, nobody trails. Something we have to realize, sometimes we don't have credibility with some people because they remember us from our past. Or sometimes, even as Christians, we've done wrong things and the blood of Jesus cleansed us and our fellow church members forgave us and walked with us but other people out there that aren't so much hooked up and in love with us still remember that. And so you may have been walking with God for a long time now where you're really hearing God, but they don't know that. And so when you try to tell them something, instead of drawing them in, you run them off. Amen. And that's what the Lord's wanting us to know, that as we begin to mature and know Him, that he can show us things because he can trust us. But if we go around hurting people, he can't trust us. He won't show us anymore. Amen. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Okay. It says, and then he says in verse 8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith, or the Greek would say special faith. That's not the kind of faith that cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is a manifestation of the Spirit for the gift of special faith. Or the Amplified Bible says wonder-working faith. And then he says, To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit. Now look at this. Dividing or distributing to every man severally, or better translation, that's individually, as he will. As he will. As he will. And I praise God, I got to sit under solid Bible teachers like Kenneth E. Hagin and Dr. Lester Summerall that taught us the Word of God, what the Bible says. And they taught this verse so well that I this is so much on this side of my consciousness, my unconsciousness, every part of my being concerning the Holy Ghost. You can't make things show up. It says manifest as He will. Every Sunday morning, when we're worshiping God, up here at the altar before we preach the stuff, I have my heart open. I'm talking to Jesus. I've said, Lord, is there anybody you want me to call out? Anything you want me to say? Lord, is there anything you want to do this morning? Just show me, Jesus. Just show me. And you know, on occasion, on occasion, not every Sunday, but on occasion, He gives me something. But most Sundays, I get nothing. It's as He wills. As He wills. You know, some of the things He has me call out sometimes just really, just really amazes me. I'll be called out. Somebody got such and such out there. And up here, when he gives me something like that to call out that little word, 
I'll think maybe one person might come up, maybe nobody will. And all of a sudden, I look and there's 25 people across the aisle up here. All of them needed what I called out. Because that was a manifestation of the Spirit as He wills. But every Sunday I'm asking that every Sunday He doesn't, as He wills, show up with something. And so that tells me if under this corporate anointing, the one that God has listed to Him for the service doesn't get something all the time, that tells me that a congregation member isn't going to have a word of knowledge for everybody here until they come through the door. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's why he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given uh, to every man as he will. And so what I want to do tonight, just setting it up, this is for your notes, and uh, if you want to write this down, you can. But uh, there are nine gifts of the Spirit listed here. And I learned off Brother Hagin and others that I like to break them down into three categories. And I'm going to tell you what these gifts are and maybe a little bit about them. Uh, there's, there's The first three listed are revelation gifts. Revelation gifts. And that are gifts that reveal something. That would be the word of wisdom. Revelation gifts. Gifts that reveal something. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge would be number two. The word of knowledge would be number two. And number three, discerning of spirits. And because this is going to be a series going to go for a while, we will be looking at all these in great detail in the weeks to come. Then we'll be also looking at Bible examples when these were in manifestation of the Bible. And then I'll give you some examples of what I've been used in, I've seen, etc., etc., flown in. So you'll know how this works. And so the first three gifts listed are revelation gifts, gifts that reveal something, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the spirits. Then the next three we call the power gifts. Power gifts. That's gifts that do something. The first three reveal something. The next three are power gifts that do something. That'd be the gift of special faith. Working of miracles. And gifts of healings. The power gifts are gifts that do something. The gift of special faith, working in miracles, and gifts of healings. Then the last three that are listed are the utterance gifts. The utterance gifts are the vocal gifts. Call them utterance gifts because you utter something. Or vocal gifts. And they're gifts that say something. And this is the ones that most believers are most familiar with. Gifts that say something. The vocal gifts, the others gifts, gifts that say something. Number one, prophecy. Number two, diverse kinds of tongues. Number three, interpretation of tongues. So this is, this is the vocal gifts, the others gifts, the gifts that say something. The gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of these gifts, but first of all, I want to show you something about the gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.3, I want you to look at this. I don't have any notes, I'm just going by the Holy Ghost, showing you some things. And I thought it was going to go a different direction, but he wants me to show you this. 
because he said, I don't want you ignorant. And most of you here probably really don't have a clue what prophecy is. You think you do. Did he say above all else in verse 1, he wants you to prophesy? That's what he said in 1 Corinthians 14.1. He said, especially that you may prophesy. And uh, I want to look at another verse here and show you this here. Look at verse uh, look at verse 31. He says, you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. That all may learn and all may be comforted or encouraged. And so God wants us to prophesy, want us to be encouraged. But look at 14.3 then. And here he gives the Bible definition. Here's God's definition of what prophecy is for a New Testament believer. He that prophets, prophesieth speaketh unto men the edification and exhortation and comfort. Edification, edification, exhortation and comfort. And that's what I said a while ago, that most of you prophesy every day, and you don't even know it. Now, what prophecy is, is this, is speaking to men, he says, to edify, that means build them up. Sometimes they need to build up, you know, I like to build up Alex sometimes, because sometimes Alex comes in, I know that guy needs to build up. And so the difference between me building Alex up, and the Holy Ghost coming on me through the gift of prophecy, and to prophesy is an inspired utterance. Talk about the utterance gifts. Well, in the Greek, prophecy means it's an inspired utterance. Speaking to men to edification, exhortation means encouraging them, comfort them, building them up. And so sometimes when I'm preaching or when I'm talking, you talk about all I want to do on Sunday morning, we got the little place in between the time the praise team's done and we go to preaching, we always stop. And a lot of times when I begin to speak, or somebody else does, that's the spirit of prophecy. We're edifying, we're exhorting, we're comforting the congregation. And sometimes some other gifts come in, but I'll tell you about that later, how that works. And so for you, on your job sometimes, or talking to a family member, a fellow church member, you're talking, and all of a sudden, it feels like something hits you at a higher level. And you hit a flow. And all of a sudden, you're giving them examples of living. Or God will give you like a parable. Not a Bible parable, but a parable in real life. And tell them, you know what? One time there was a truck driver. And that truck driver did this, 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 this. But you know what? That's like you in this spiritual thing you're facing right here. You need to go to a higher gear. You know, you're climbing a hill right now. But don't worry about it. You're almost to the top. Well, you know what? Just have you begin to prophesy. You didn't have a word of knowledge, but we'll talk about that later. You didn't have a word of wisdom. That was the simple, very simple Bible gift. You were speaking to somebody to edification, exhortation, and comfort. And most of us do that every day, and you didn't know it had a name to it. It's called prophesy. Does that make you a prophet? No. If you try to be a prophet, you'll be a non-prophet. Amen. Absolutely true. And so anyway, I just want to tell you that on the prophecy, but I will. How many give me five more minutes? I will real quickly go through these to tell you something. A little bit of definition. Word of wisdom. Well, word of wisdom. 
When you see the word of wisdom, that is always talking future tense. A word of wisdom, I'm going to tell you about that. Word of knowledge is always present tense or past tense. And discerning the spirits, and if you're religious, then right now, take your religious head off, because I'm going to hit you right between your religious eyes. There's no such, such Bible gift as the gift of discernment. Discerning the spirits. See that there, discerning the spirits. To discern means to see. Discerning the spirits means to see into the realm of the spirit. As the Spirit wills. Sometimes God will open your spiritual eyes and you'll see an angel. That's discerning the spirits. Sometimes He'll open your spiritual eyes and you'll see demons or a demon. Sometimes He'll open your eyes and you see a person's heart, their spirit. You'll see things. Sometimes He'll open your eyes and you'll see Jesus. Somebody will say, Oh, I just saw Jesus. And it's more than just a a nice thought, you actually see something. You see it. That's discerning the spirits. But people that say, I've got the gift of discernment. Well, you got the gift of ignorance. All Christians that have the Holy Ghost should be discerning. What I mean by that? I mean, you should be able to know if you're getting in a bad situation, being lied to. You ought to discern this person's not telling me the truth. And you ought to be able, you ought to be able if a homeless person approaches you, you ought to be able to discern sometimes when the real true blues come across your path that it really isn't. That's not, that's not the gift of discernment. That's a Christian listening to the Spirit, knowing what's going on. And so the word of wisdom, think about the, the, the word word. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. It's not the whole picture, not the whole sentence, just one word in the sentence. And so a word of wisdom is this. God knows everything about everybody, all the time, all the future. He knows the ending from the beginning. And so, if God wants to reveal to you something, we're talking about revelation gifts, about your future or somebody else, He's not going to tell you their whole future. He'll give you a fragmentary part, one word. That's what's called a word of wisdom. Because that's part of the future that God wants you to know. He knows all the future, but sometimes the Spirit will manifest to a believer or a preacher to talk to somebody about some part of the future. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. God knows everything about everybody's present and past. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. And so a word is when God, like, like the lady, like the lady at the well, remember what Jesus told her? Said, woman, said, the man you're living with is not your husband. As a matter of fact, you've had five husbands. But I'm sure he knew a whole lot more about that lady than just that one part, but God just used that one part to help bring her up. And so when God gives a word of knowledge, he's not telling everything about everything. He just shows you the part you need to share somebody or about your own life. That's the word of knowledge. And we talked about what discerning the spirits was. That's to see into the realm of the spirit. And so you don't you don't have the gift of discernment. If you're a Holy Ghost Christian that walks with God, you ought to be discerning. And then the power gifts, the power gifts, number one, the gift of special faith. The gift of special faith is the ability to receive a miracle. 
to receive a miracle. And I think about, you know, one of the best Bible examples I know, remember Elijah, he received a miracle for three years of that oil not running out, of that uh, corn mill or whatever the flour was, the, the, the mill not running dry. He received that miracle as an ongoing thing. And so the difference between the gift of special faith, the gift of special faith is able to receive, but working in miracles works a miracle. Gift of special faith receives. Working in miracles works a miracle or causes things to happen. When Moses held up the rod, I mean, that was a miracle. The Red Sea parted and everything changed. But then another time, Elijah told a man, said, I dropped a borrowed axe head in the river. He said, take a piece of wood out there to pull it up. And so he worked a miracle. And so that's the working of miracles in a nutshell. And then the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings is when God supernaturally, instantaneously speeds up the healing process. It's one thing to receive a healing by faith through laying on of hands. It's another thing, like a few years ago, I had a lady that came here a short while. And she, 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 she could have been accused of being super spiritual. She's just a regular lady that comes to church sometimes. Wednesday night came up here, said she had cataracts, but have to have surgery. I laid hands on her, they fell off. She got healed right here. That's the gifts of healings when God does things like that. Amen? And so then, the gift of prophecy we already saw, but then diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, they work hand in hand. There's a difference between believers speaking in tongues they get filled with the Holy Ghost and diverse kinds of tongues. I've been used in diverse kinds of tongues maybe twice in 39 and a half years. I pray in tongues every day, but about twice I think God's used me for a message in tongues. And then interpretation of tongues is when somebody sees what that tongue was saying in the spirit, then you tell what it was saying, then that's the interpretation of tongues. And by the way, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, as we'll see later on, is equivalent to the gift of prophecy. Because when you interpret a tongue, you're speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So that's kind of getting us started on the road we're on. Just really, really, really very, very brief tonight. God wants you to be used by Him in spiritual gifts. And so, how many know it takes faith to receive what God wants you to have? He said to desire spiritual gifts. So I can lead you to confession, but I'm not going to do it. It's time to go. But start praying this week and say, Lord, and look at that verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 said, Lord, your word says, I'm supposed to desire spiritual gifts. And anything that's in the Bible that says I can have, I can have. And so, Lord, I'm hungry for spiritual gifts. And I'm going to position myself to learn. Make sure you come every Wednesday night. And if you don't come, then get the notes off somebody else. Buy books out of the bookstore along these lines. Go on YouTube, listen to Brother Hagen teaching on them. And etc. Or the podcast. But the main thing is, this church is going to be filled with the glory of God because we're going to have believers in the church walking with God, being used by God. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.